Alright, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome to the official Bizzlecast analysis and oh my effing god look at the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the second of the many, many, many uh, Marvel Studios streaming shows after the phenomenal WandaVision on Disney+. And while I had high hopes for Falcon and Winter Soldier in terms of the characters and being an exciting show, it ended up being way more political and just socially deep than I possibly could have imagined. And... I had a great discussion here with Bizzlecast senior contributor, uh, Jason Jimbo Ritter. And while the full podcast is your normal to our uh, uh, Bizzlecast, in fact, we, we streamed it live online, so the YouTube version will be available as well. The full version of this is will be available within a couple days, but I really wanted to release the sort of 45 minutes or so where we start immediately with the Sam uh, Black Captain America speech at the end, which you knew was coming and ended up being not only a lot more sort of socially and politically progressive, as you'll hear, but really radical. Um, and as I'm going to talk about, could have come out of the mouth of Malcolm X himself, even more radical than someone like Martin Luther King in terms of demanding equality for black folks and, and all non-white folks immediately. And that, you know, the white people in power, I'm going to confront directly and tell them they have to do better. And we even have sympathy with terrorists and all sorts of crazy stuff. The bottom line is Marvel Studios now, like we've seen from Lucasfilm and Star Wars, has officially taken their side, and their side is not only anti-Trumpers and anti-Trumpism, um, but really anyone who's against immediate social equality, opportunity, and justice for black folks, people of color, both in this country and around the world. So with that, I'm going to take you into the great Avengers music uh, with this phenomenal bagpipes um, uh, uh, rendition of the Avengers music, and then we're we're going to go right into um, us listening to the, the just historic, and I think it's going to be in the history books, uh, Sam Wilson, Black Captain America um, manifesto, uh, even way more than a speech. Um, and then after 45 minutes, before we go into talking about all the other characters in the show, which is great um, discussion, and I'm going to release as the full extended version of this, um, I'm going to uh, just cut it right there so you can enjoy it. And then if you want the full version where we talk about what's coming up, including a long and in-depth Batman miniseries, a uh, deep dive of comics and history so forth with Jason, a Witcher book club with Adam Tuck, and all sorts of stuff leading to the relaunch of the Bizzlecast as Bizzlecast 2.0, my science fiction novel, Cassandra Burning, and all sorts of great stuff. But for right now, we're going to talk about being absolutely gobsmacked, thrilled, but gobsmacked, shocked, surprised, um, and many emotions, almost all positive, um, uh, that came after the, the, the phenomenal Sam Wilson, I, I'm now Captain America speech, um, but I'm a black guy, and what does this mean for the world um, and the larger social and political racial implications? So I hope you enjoy this. Please check out the extended cut in a few days and or the full version on YouTube, which will come out this week. Um, and more announcements soon about my book, Bizzlecast 2.0, uh, and all of that good stuff. Stuff, but first.
called? You called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, buddy. We're going to do a hard turn to Falcon Winter Soldier. So, guys, we knew pretty strongly, pretty much from the time between the Winter Soldier and Civil War, that it was very likely that Bucky or Sam was going to take over the cap role. And it became more and more apparent that, for a lot of reasons, it, it made way more sense for Sam to do it. And so we knew that just having a black Captain America was going to be significant and interesting. But, Jason, as we're going to talk about, they dropped a nuclear bomb-sized race progressive, very liberal statement of racial unity, equality, justice, uh, opportunity, and so forth right off the bat in six episodes of the introduction of Black Falcon. All of a sudden, you know... They're so comfortable with it that Sam is joking about Black Falcon with Bucky. You know what I mean? At the end, oh, all, I was I was texting the whole time. All I heard was Black Captain America. You know what I mean? Like, and or, so, or, uh, or as Isaiah calls him, Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon. So Jimbo, uh, this is a series that six episodes. You either watched it or you didn't. And this isn't a spoiler, because if you didn't know that Sam was coming to Captain America, you haven't been following, and you knew he was going to give the big cap speech. So whether you saw this and for sure got the chills and probably had your mouth drop to the floor because of how radical it is, I'm going, um, or you're seeing it for the first time, it's not going to spoil it. You still watch the series, um, but this is really the um, sort of the manifesto. Um, so Jimbo, I'm going to start by... Showing Sam's big Captain America speech that goes in crazy directions politically, um, uh, almost toward the end of the final and sixth episode, and then we're going to sort of work backwards and talk about all the different things. Do you mind if I just play it for the people, and you'll be able to see it because of screen share? Thank you, Discord. I'm going to mute us while I play it, um, and uh, then we're going to talk about it. Is that cool? With the Captain Falcon, let's go. Sincerely. You did your part in dealing with those terrorists, now we'll do ours. Are you still going forward with resetting the borders? Our peacekeeping troops will begin relocating people soon. The terrorists only set us back a bit. You have to stop calling them terrorists. What else would we call them? Your peacekeeping troops carrying weapons are forcing millions of people into settlements around the world, right? What do you think those people are going to call you? These labels, terrorists, refugee, thug, They're often used to get around the question why. Those settlements that happened five years ago, do you think it is fair for governments to have to support them? Yes. And the people who reappeared only to find someone else living in their family home. They just end up homeless. Look, I get it. But you have no idea how complicated this situation is. You know what? You're right. And that's a good thing. We finally have a common struggle now. Think about that. For once, all the people who've been begging, and I mean literally begging for you to feel how hard any given day is, now you know. How did it feel to be helpless? If you could remember what it was like to be helpless and face a force so powerful it could erase half the planet, you would know that you're about to have the exact same impact. This isn't about easy decisions, Senator. You just don't understand. I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. 
What don't I understand? Every time I pick this thing up, I know there are millions of people out there who are going to hate me for it. Even now, here, I feel it. The stares, the judgment, and there's nothing I can do to change it. Yet I'm still here. No super serum, no blonde hair or blue eyes. The only power I have is that I believe we can do better. We can't demand that people step up and we don't meet them halfway. You control the banks. Shit, you can move borders. You can knock down a forest with the email. You can feed a million people with the phone call. But the question is, who's in the room with you when you're making those decisions? Hmm? Is it the people you're going to impact? Or is it just more people like you? I mean, this girl died trying to stop you. And no one has stopped for one second to ask why. You've got to do better, Senator. You've got to step up. Because if you don't, the next Carly will. And you don't want to see 2.0. People believed in her cause so much that they helped her defy the strongest governments in the world. Why do you think that is? Look, you people have just as much power as an insane god or a misguided teenager. The question you have to ask yourself is, how are you going to use it? Here comes. Sorry, I was uh, I was texting, and so all I heard was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Cap. Thanks. Nailed it. Uh, this is some of the best ten seconds of movie Sharon? ever. Up oh, there, Sharon. Sorry, Sharon. We're gonna have to cut you off. Jason, hold on. We're coming back live. I, I, We're coming back I'll live. On, I'll have thoughts on Sharon. Yeah. Yes, I, I don't want to dwell on it too much, though, because, you know, the bottom line is all the problems with Sharon had nothing to do with e Emily Van Camp. Uh, no. And so, you know, we should focus on praising, you know, what she, what she did do, okay. whatever. We got stuff to talk about before that. Hold on. Let me let me get a good shot of Falcon talking in the background, and then I'm going to pull us up in the foreground. Um, and... Uh, I guess I'll, uh, um, I'm going to take that image off of Discord, if that's okay, because people on Twitch can see it in full screen. Okay. Okay. By the way, um, this happy coincidence, I haven't had anything to eat today. Very appropriate. Black coffee ice cream, baby. Because, dude, while I have a little bit of ice cream here, I'm going to throw it to you. Jason Jimbo Ritter, that, it's been Black Panther in this but here's the difference black panther said we're the more advanced we're going to be the better people but we're going to help unite the world this he's telling senators and corporations let's put it this way <laughs> we thought maybe they would tell trumpers and trumpism to fuck off this is saying 
get on board with immediate racial equality, social justice, and opportunity on a radical level now. Do better, Senator. I'm a black Captain America with the stars and stripes. What don't I understand? Dude, this isn't even Martin Luther King. You know who this is? This is Malcolm X. This, is, this entire speech could have come out of the mouth of Malcolm X, who is someone I agree with mostly politically, not necessarily all his followers, but like my politics, you know, like for immediate social justice and equality for black people, going back, you know, hundreds of years now, certainly now, I'm with Malcolm's rage, not just the let's all get along Martin Luther King, which was very important, obviously, but Malcolm ultimately is what we need to hear right now. This is Malcolm X, not even Martin Luther King. I can't believe they put, and let's put it honest, Anthony Mackie is so lovable and accessible to everyone. That's part of why they had him do, f- set up for this from the beginning uh, as both an actor and character, right? But, like, it, it, if you made this speech with an angrier Islamic version of this in the 70s, it's Malcolm X. So Marvel, just biggest, one of the biggest TV series ever, their second Disney Plus major series after the big hit WandaVision, put the words of what Malcolm X would say in 2021 in Anthony Mackie's mouth wearing Captain America, saying, I'm black Captain America, white people do better, fuck you. I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. What was your reaction to this, and what do you think about it now? Because you and, look, I, I, I'm not going to keep speaking for you politically, but guys, if you don't know that, me and my contributors are mostly on the same page politically about wanting equality and social justice, just broadly. And we're going to talk about immigration, dude, and how that fit in, too, with the one world, one people thing. So, you know, this is, and he starts this by justifying terrorism. He starts this by saying we should feel bad for this girl even though she was a horrible terrorist leader. We're not asking ourselves why. He's carrying her. So they have to get rid of the terrorist. He feels bad about killing the terrorist. So he's doing Malcolm X, racial radical equality. He's not justifying terrorism but saying we need to understand why people are terrorists. So he's you know sympathizing with people who sympathize with Al-Qaeda, who sympathize with Malcolm X. I mean, let me phrase it this way. The way people aren't realizing how radical what's happening to Wanda is on WandaVision in her weird way, are they not realizing how radical this is because it came out of the mouth of Anthony Mackie on a Captain America show on Disney Plus? Because this is more than Black Panther, the most radical statement politically we have ever heard from Marvel. And I don't know what's close. Go ahead. Yeah, that is crazy. Yeah. I don't think people realized it, you know, and, um, you know, them, them saying, you know, she may be a terrorist, but she has some good points, and you guys got to step up. <laughs> yeah, so. totally. So talk to me about what your reaction was when you saw this, because my jaw dropped to the ground, and I didn't rewatch it right away. I've seen it many times since then. Because I heard, when I say heard, so, you know, people talking about being seen, you know, like people are type of people, like we need to start seeing people who have been invisible, black people, women, immigrants or whatever, be seen, or, or, or just individuals who have mental illness, who have been discriminated against. I saw what was being said here so strongly, it hit me in the soul, and I, I almost memorized the speech, which I'm not good at. Because every word that came out of his mouth, and not only that, 
But when it starts, you're going, okay, Anthony Mackie's never going to be able to give as good of a speech as Captain America. And he, but he builds as an actor and builds and builds. And four minutes later, you're with, um, uh, you're with John Walker, who we're going to talk a lot about, and you're with, with the Winter Soldier, whose face is... Like, they're about to cry. Two very disturbed people who have done bad things for different reasons over different times, John Locker and Bucky, and we'll contrast them and talk about, the, the you know, uh, how they juxtaposed. At that moment, those two white guys, you know, who both, you know, either were briefly with John Locker or could have been with Bucky, kept the white, blue-eyed Captain Americas themselves, right? I mean, that's the contrast, is John Locker got handed Captain America briefly till he screwed it up. Bucky, you know, in the comics and in the movies, maybe saw in you know, a different reality. You know, people people were... Uh, um, uh, so you know how some of us predicted the some version of the Peggy... Uh, cap thing in Endgame that that, that a bunch of us sort of predicted various versions that they would find a way with the time travel to have Cap and Peggy end up together because we knew Haley Atwell wasn't going to come in just for you know walking around in her office or whatever and it seemed like the good way to end it and they did do it and they did it in a better way than I think any of us um, came up with but one of the theories was that the way they were going to do it was by uh, going back in the past and and saving uh, um, Bucky and making him Captain America and having Steve just be Steve Rogers um, and that's how he would live out his life. I liked how they did it much better, obviously, because I wanted him to be Captain America historically, but then have a chance to go back and be with Peggy. But does it make sense? So, like, you've got John Locker, who could have been Captain America, you've got Bucky, who could have been Captain America, then you give it to this guy, and then the first thing he does is tell all the old, white, rich, powerful people to fuck off and do better. I don't know what else to say. I think it's awesome. <laughs> It's amazing. It's totally amazing. I mean, think about our talk in the unreleased WandaVision podcast from September, a couple months before the election, in which I predicted that Biden would win by a landslide and cure the vaccine, whatever. That was kind of a hopeful prediction that luckily came true, it seems like, at least in America. But, but we were very cynical and very scared then, dude. But for a black guy on a huge... TV show that hundreds of millions of people potentially are going to watch over time, if not already, it was hundreds of millions of dollars to come on and say, I'm not just going to say fuck you to Trumpers, but if you're not on board with immediate racial equality and social justice, I'm telling you, it's not fuck off, but to do better. Uh, to America. I mean, he's telling America, he's telling that between 40 to 60% of America, depending on how you see it, to get on the bus to quote Spike Lee, to get on the bus. Yeah. And, and that is, that, that, that speech is probably one of my favorite moments from the show. He, he gets his, uh, cap moment, but it's very different. From Chris, Chris Evans, because he's his own man. Jimbo. Oh, I'm back. Oh, he's back, baby. He's back. He's back. Yeah. The, as, as Garjo had said, I was having Wi-Fi trouble. <laughs> All right. Let's wind it back as I have some coffee ice cream here. Yeah. Celebrate I would, ice cream. I pulled and... a, I pulled a, a Scarlett Johansson and had trouble with my internet. <laughs> so I have a, I have that cute picture of, of uh, Haley and Renner just hanging out in the corner 
The big picture is, of course, Anthony Mackie. But just because I'm the bizzle, I have to have the cute picture of Haley and Jeremy Renner in the corner. Really quickly, dude. All of a sudden, after being pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, we're going to get Black Widow. It's going to smack everybody after a great division, after a shocking uh, end uh, just politically to Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to move to talking about the show itself uh, in, in one sec. I mean, Marvel can't miss, dude. Like Hawkeye says, nah. and I quote all the time, I just can't seem to miss. And Marvel just can't seem to miss. They can't even miss on what I consider mediocre to bad movies like Doctor Strange 1 or Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I think is awful. I mean, I've tried to rewatch Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I think that movie looks terrible. It's corny. It's written poorly. It's not that funny. The Gamora Nebula stuff is, is great at times, but Peter Quill and Kurt Russell are intolerable and but specifically the color palette um and james gunn hates me now by the way guys so james gunn hates me so i got gina carana fired and a bunch of right-wing people came after me and then i added james gunn who in my opinion dissed video games that's not as great as movies and he and his people came after me i had to block and mute james gunn and all of his people because he fucking attacked me and unleashed the mob. James Gunn, the director, guys, he's supposed to be better. He's supposed to not care about the Bizzle, who has 73 followers on Twitter. Yes, I have 2,500 followers on Facebook and Instagram. He doesn't know that. I have almost no followers on Twitter. And he thought that it was a great idea to come after me and publicly and unleash the mob. So James Gunn and I Don't Care About Suicide Squad and Guardians 2 officially fuck you. Guardians 2 sucked. <laughs> But Marvel can't seem yeah. to miss. They're still making seven fifty to a billion on all these movies. Captain Marvel, one point two billion. That movie was weak as hell, dude. That movie was weak as hell. And dude, honestly, you and I joke all the time about how they're pushing Brie out and she must hate Lizzie Olsen. But now she has to hate Haley Steinfeld and Tatiana Maslany and all the new girls and even Miss Marvel because she's clearly being replaced by not one but like four or five new female actresses in the long term. And, dude, one of the things I'm going to say, I'm going to save it, is that while by obviously, definitively, Sam Wilson is Captain America for, for the near future, going to have movies and be Captain America, the person in the long term, five, seven, ten years from now, who's going to be the persona of Cap, the soul of the Avengers, and the one who gives the speeches, is going to be Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. I'm telling you right now, it's not always going to be Captain America. Anthony Mackie is not young and there's no way he's getting three movies and four Avengers movies I don't think he wants to do that I don't think they want to do it this, there's going to be a postscript that it's going to be great with him uh, Jimbo but maybe it's not going to be Hanley but there's going to be another heart of the team maybe it's Tatiana in a weird way with She-Hulk one of those young women is going to be the new Captain America ultimately it's obvious based on age talent and where they're going with it and so I don't want to rain on people's parades I love Anthony Mackie and I'm thrilled about this but if you think he's going to be Chris Evans for the next 11 years it's not going to happen and dude that's why Marvel can't seem to miss because they understand that that's the game plan we can keep Captain America, but we also can now have all these young female superstars. I mean, dude, let's be honest. Let's be honest. In, in, in North America, between the ages of 23 and like 31, who can you name? Because Natalie Portman and ScarJo are already older than that. Who can you name talent-wise, outside of Zoe Kravitz, who are going to get in Batman, who can you name talent-wise besides Lizzie, Tat, and Hayes? In terms of talent, 
in that age, North American young women. I can't come up with a whole lot. I honestly can't. I don't know who. Jennifer Lawrence has already aged out of that, too. Uh. <laughs> but uh. do you see what I'm saying? Um, yeah. They can make yeah, a new I, Captain America that we love, make him Malcolm X, give a radical speech about black power and, you know, unity in America and around the world and sympathizing with people who hate America. You know, the whole Jeremiah Wright, goddamn America. I mean, this is this is Sam Wilson saying, goddamn America. We need to look at ourselves. You need to do better. People who are in charge of everything. Um, Jimbo, by the way, your image is bouncing around a lot. I'm not really sure what's going on with that. I was sliding. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but, you know, look. In addition to the first time they signed Haley Steinfeld, and I always hoped that it would happen, I said then, dude, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I said then and I still believe. If you look at the money Robert Downey Jr. made with Marvel between the years of 2008 and 2019... I said, if they can sign Haley Steinfeld to between five and ten TV slash movie properties, let me put this, five to seven major properties over ten years, Haley Steinfeld, who's going to be start, start actually winning major awards, not just the Oscar nomination at 12, oh, by the way, um, uh, and she's still best friends with like Jeff Bridges and Josh Brolin, who love her because they know how fucking great she is. Um, I, I think she... Let me put this way. I don't think they offered her $200 million up front, but by the time this is all over, if it works out the way I think it's going to work out, and she's here for 10, 12 years as Haley Steinfeld, but younger, it's like we're getting her at the beginning of Robert Downey Jr.'s career, but she's not crazy. She's got it together. And so I think she's going to make nine figures, honestly. I think Haley Steinfeld and Lizzie Olsen could end up making $100 million or more because that's how important they are to this franchise. That's not going to happen with Mackie. He's going to make plenty of money. Don't get me wrong. Mackie's going to make plenty of money, and he's going to get plenty of great opportunities. But the reality is, he's not the future. I know I'm talking big picture already, but like, if you look at the properties this year, Widow and, Cat and, and This are wrapping up Phase 1, just like Thor 4 will. They're wrapping up Phase 1 and bringing some of the characters we love or new verse. I mean, look, Natalie Portman, right? God of Thunder. That's not going to last forever. Anthony Mackie, Captain America. Both cases, going to be great. It's not going to last forever. The future is Ms. Marvel, She-Hulk, Kate Bishop, Spidey, and some other characters. I just want to point that out right from the beginning. Is Enjoy enjoy Sebastian Stan and Mackie as they fulfill their last two, three, four movie and TV deals because they're spectacular, and I want to praise them a ton because their chemistry, I wasn't sure with the trailers that they're – look, let's put it this way. From the moment this was announced, I'm like, oh, their chemistry is going to be amazing. They're hilarious in the movies in like a couple minutes here. They're together. But then I saw the trailers. I'm like, this seems a little forced. Maybe the writing's not good, but their chemistry was so good and got better over the course of the six episodes. So I, I want to praise them. But I, I just had to start with the big picture uh, stuff as well, which is enjoy this while it lasts. Enjoy Black Widow while it lasts. But realize that WandaVision – enjoy Loki while it lasts too because Hiddleston's not going to stay around forever. But there's a reason WandaVision came first, was so successful. And by the way, she's in the middle of the later stages of filming Doctor Strange, which they announced very early that she was going to co-star in. That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence that Haley Steinfeld's 
Kate Bishop is going to be the end of their first year. In my opinion, it's going to set the tone for phase four as the, the ground level heart of the team. That's Captain America. That's part of my Kate Bishop theory, dude. It's Captain America, even with the super serum. Let's be honest. What made the Winter Soldier one of the best, if not the best, phase one to three movies is that even with the big ending, it was the, the ground level. It, it was the ground level hand to hand guns, you know, Nick Fury in the, in the SUV. Bucky shooting it, you know, the fight on the highways, you know, <laughs> throwing Jasper Sitwell out of the car. The thing, the, re, the, the reason the helicarrier thing works great is because of Bucky and Cap. It's, it's like the end of Wonder Woman. The end of Wonder Woman is not great, let's be honest, because of Ares. The end of Wonder Woman is great <laughs> because of the emotional stakes of her and Chris Pine, right? And Gal Gadot. Yeah. If, you, if you love the movie all the way to the end, which I do even while noticing there's some problems, um, uh, you know, uh, and so, um, yeah, so I just wanted to point that out. So, okay, I just threw a lot out there. You can comment on the big picture stuff. I meant to save that till later, uh, but I did want to point well, out for also, people to, in, was, to to be aware of... Most, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to shut up. Go ahead. Most, I'm going to mute myself. But, but um, we also forgot to mention one other big picture movie that we're getting to from Marvel, Shang-Chi. Right. So it's important that they set up that the immigrant uh, terrorist group, one people, one nation. And we'll talk about, you know, whether their politics and their name and what they were, you know, this is like Thanos. It's like Thanos worked because Josh Brolin was great. But Thanos's actual philosophy of killing half the universe to save the universe was absurd. And honestly, it was it was um, uh, I was forgetting Kelly. um Oh, the, the, oh, Kellyman, uh, Kellyman, yeah, it, 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 Aaron, Aaron Kellyman, yeah, Nest. It was Emphis yeah. Nest's performance that said it. None of the other, you know, terrorist characters were interesting, and they weren't supposed to be because we knew Emphis Nest was going to be the star, and they made her the lead, and they mentioned that she was young as the head of the terrorist group, but who cares? She was already Emphis Nest. She was the head of the Marauders, who was taking down Woody Harrelson, and uh, you know, fucking. Uh, 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 vision, <laughs> man, she's unbelievable. By the way, you're not the only one to say she needs to be Aloy in the Horizon movie. I would be shocked if that doesn't happen because of the red hair, but also the multiracial nature of the thing. Aloy is white in Horizon, but it's totally multi-ethnic because it's in the far future, and the different tribal groups and cultures in Horizon, the color of their skin plays zero role. Um. The same way in The Witcher, they're just casting, you know, I mean, Yennefer's not Indian and Vilgefortz isn't uh, Iranian <laughs> in The Witcher books, but The Witcher guy is totally cool with it because he doesn't dwell on uh, on their skin colors the way like Tolkien did and so forth in Lord of the Rings. And so it works fine in The Witcher to just cast the best actors. It doesn't matter what their skin color is. So what I'm saying is this isn't just saying fuck you on behalf of black people. This is an advance fuck you if you're not on board for Shang-Chi, right? This is an advance fuck right. you if you're not on board for Kamala Khan, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. this is this is setting the stage for how diverse they had to do this. Now, the more I think about this, because of how diverse gender-wise, but specifically ethnic and racial-wise, the next phase is going to be compared to let's be honest, a still mostly white lead cast in phase one to three, which you know wasn't mm -hmm. racism; it's just sort of the product of what's going on. 
It's like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is the perfectly cast movie, as you pointed out, but it's not aging well uh, uh, politically because no. they could have easily put black people, as I say in, in my commentaries on this, who say, well, it would have stuck out because, you know, there's no black people in the book. I say, look at The Witcher. Look at Game of Thrones. You know, they just cast the best people. I mean, Game of Thrones was too white, too. But, in the, you know, in the end, it was it was somewhat diverse. The Witcher is completely diverse. The Expanse is completely diverse. You know, um, the, the, you know, um, uh, uh, the new one with uh, Ben Barnes, the fantasy series on Netflix. I mean, these fantasy and science fiction ones, they're just casting diverse, which is what they should do. Dude, if there had been black hobbits in Hobbiton in the first 30 minutes in Lord of the Rings, people would have forgotten all about the the white nature of the books, and it would have been fine. And it's looking like, a, as great as those movies are and as great as the actors are, it's looking like a really bad decision, historically, politically, racially, to make that movie all white. Not one person of color... Other than a lot of Kiwis were cast to play orcs, <laughs> which which plays in, by the way, to the false perception of Tolkien that it's a racist work. Orcs are not meant to represent, you know, the brown and black people of the world. That's not what it's about at all. The reason everyone's white was because he was adapting folk tales from northern in northwestern Europe. And putting it in a fantasy setting, he's creating a new genre based on folk tales, and just his mind didn't operate that way. He was in World War One. He was very worldly in terms of Europe. He had no experience with Africa and Asia. He was actually a pretty liberal guy for a Catholic English guy in his point. And it's, his books are about environmentalism and about the evils of, of capitalism, right? I mean, Lord of the Rings is about the evils of capitalism. It's not a, a racial manifesto. But the fact that they did embrace racial diversity in the movies just plays into that false perception and marvel again is dropping a nuclear-sized political bomb right now before phase four let's be honest let's be honest dude wanda these two properties to launch phase four wanda was saying we're going to be female and loud and proud and this is saying we're going to be black and loud and proud right they're saying we're going to be female, right. black, diverse, and we're going to be loud and proud about it. We're not just going to slip it in there like Star Wars does. Like they surpassed Star Wars in with this three minutes. All of a sudden, Marvel has become the 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 politically radical property, and not Star Wars as we thought would happen. It is amazing because Star Wars, you put John Boyega and and, and Rosario as a Sokotano, and it's very significant. But because it's a galaxy far, far away, they can't really make, and they shouldn't be making statements like this, right? Th- right. th- that racial equality is just assumed, like Horizon Zero Dawn. It's a far future. It's somewhere else. Blah blah blah. This is today. And I just, I'm sorry, I keep coming back to it. I can't get over the speech, but also the way they built the series to the speech. I thought the series was pretty good leading to it. But you know what? When I go back and watch the series, and we'll talk about how the action was great, but they actually spent more time on character stuff, uh, which is what they should have done. But So that's going to resonate. Look, look, let's put this way. Action, hold on one sec. Action and plot twists are cool. They don't age well, which is why Game of Thrones isn't aging well, because people love the getting shocked week to week of Game of Thrones. Do you know a lot of people who are rewatching all of Game of Thrones? I know a few hardcore people. Most people have moved on. Yeah, exactly. People were (laughs) people were miserable by the end because it was just about plot twists and they realized how shallow it was. Dude, The Witcher People who don't like The Witcher, who love Game of Thrones, their complaint was there wasn't enough action. There was too much talking. I'm like, yeah, A, that's what the books are, and the video game. I mean, even the video games. You kill lots of monsters, but what makes the video games great is hours and hours of dialogue and dialogue decisions that you do with the characters. 
I'm writing, writing on, on Roach. Roach! Um, <laughs> uh, uh, right, but what so I was saying is, what's going to make this rewatchable is not the action scenes, which I've already somewhat forgotten, but I remember all the scenes. Oh, dude. Okay, let's start with the... John Walker? No. <laughs> let's start with the alt Winter Soldier. The, uh, the black uh, man. Oh, uh, the... Or as my... People calling on the Twitter the the America that was left behind, Isaiah Bradley. Talk about Isaiah Bradley. Yeah, so Isaiah Bradley, um, in the context of the uh, show, was a super soldier, I guess, after Steve Rogers, because they referenced that he he meant Bucky Ed's the richer soldier, I guess. In but I guess he has some of his, uh, they experimented on him and stuff in the blood, which if you want to know about Isaiah Brad a bit more, he has, he does have a comic about him, Captain America Truth. If, But he's the one who's, who goes, that Sam goes to counseling for and is upset at Bucky because he didn't tell him about Isaiah Brad. He's also the one who says to, they will never look at a black man uh, with a shield. I've been muting myself, by the way. Sorry, guys. I I, I just I was saying um, uh, that you know, you, like Wanda, like Elizabeth Olsen, because she's so lovable, it, it, it just exudes it in real life in her character. Can get away with being evil, crazy, biatch. <laughs> you know, and that you still love because of her personality. And Andy Mack could get away with being militant, you know, Mal- modern Malcolm X wearing the stars and stripes, saying I'm a black guy wearing the stars and stripes, and I still have a chip on my shoulder because I'm a black guy. He goes, people right here, oh, we didn't, we didn't, he said in the speech, he goes, there are pe- people, tons of people here right now who are judging me who already hate the fact that I'm a, basically that I'm a black Captain America. I can't believe it. I mean, if you, this speech, dude, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this speech is going to be I don't know if it's going to be taught in schools, but it's going to be written down in, in disgust from a social standpoint as it reverberates into the future. I, I don't know anything pop culture on this. I mean, Black Panther represented this as a movie, but in terms of a four-minute, you know, um, didactic speech, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a lesson. You know, Professor Mackey sitting us all down telling us how the world is and how it should be. It's just amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah, All right. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. Mackie, he, town is everything, and of course, we also got. I was gonna talk a little bit more about Lump, um, Isaiah Brad because we also see his grandson also a lot in the. Uh, whenever we see uh, Isaiah Bradley, because who who again they start with a stereotype and then break it. They try. They set up. If dude, that's they're trying to bait racist people with this show, honestly, in the positive way. So they set up the grandson as the stereotypical "I'm too cool for school," literally, and I'm gonna end up a thug and fuck you, veteran. You know what, black people. You know, like you don't understand. I'm gonna wear loose baggy clothes. You know the stereotype of the black kid. You know, which is way more a stereotype than a reality. And but when it is a reality, is is due to social reasons. 
They, right? They set up the kid like that. But he turns out to be super smart, and he's got his nose, you know, and he's just messing with, 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 uh, with Anthony Mackie, right? Yeah, and, and, and my favorite scene is when, when they tells Isaiah that, that, that the change because we're going out, and grandson just goes, so where are we going? That's that's one of my favorite scenes. From he, he was in the museum, right? The grandson. Yeah, yeah. But they yeah. didn't overplay it. I was going to say was that had to be super emotional for for Bradley, but Mackie just stood back and he wasn't like, yeah, I just blew his mind. He was reverential, like you know, Mackie, uh, uh, Sam. There was exuding. I'm proud of this, not because I accomplished it, but just because. It happened, and because I can give this to you. Like I said, he look. Mackie's always been a great-looking, sexy dude in terms of his personality. He's he's more flash. You know, he likes to exude flashiness. Dude, him and Chris Evans in real life are both way different than their characters. They're very cocky. You know, they talk about Chris Evans. That you know that they have an Avengers um, football pool. Um. Every year, with like all the main Avengers, Chris Pratt always wins. Apparently, and they say Chris Evans talks the most trash. As a Patriots fan, he's constantly talking trash. He's so hyper manic when you see him in real life. He's it's completely unlike the character. And Mackie is way more flashy and cocky, just for in a fun way, in real life. Oh yeah. So like that it. comes through, right? It comes through and. Making their characters yeah, yeah. interesting, yeah. Yeah, and, and in real life, he's always talking about uh, Sebastian's stance. I'm sorry, say that again, Sebastian's stance. Couch. Oh, yeah, well, what's the, what was the couch made, reference? I'm not sure I totally got that. There's this interview he made where he makes, he make, he tries he tries to bait Sebastian's stance to go to his house, so he makes up how amazing his couch is. He's like, oh, he has a glorious couch. He has a really small blanket that you curl up in. So it's what's like, what's no, great? What's great is, um, so you know, we always talk about how Tony Stark has a bromance in different ways with all the main male Avengers, right? He's his his science bro. His his first and true soulmate is always Bruce Banner, right? I mean, he loves Bruce immediately. They're 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 male soulmates. But him and Cap have the have the friend of me bromance, and then he's attracted to Thor as a like you know how they constantly talk about Thor being hot in the movies, both men and the women. And so you know he's attracted to Thor because uh, Tony's just an honest guy. Like any honest heterosexual man, you have to admit how hot Chris Hemsworth is, even if you're you know not into guys that way. He's just hot. When Cat Dennings like he's cut, you know, like in the movie, like you know, she's just saying what we're all thinking. And that's what makes Thor 1, by the way, and it's going to make Thor 4 great, and why Natalie is underrated in this role, and it's going to kill it as Jane Foster, and I think as great as Jane Foster in 1, is as beautiful as Natalie Portman is, Chris Hemsworth's the hottest person in Thor 1, and that she's she is sexually attracted to Thor openly in the movie in a comedic way before he's even into her. And that's great. It's a great role reversal. So now for her to be the mighty Thor and him to be... You know, I mean, he's kind of a broken man right now. I mean, he's still got the powers, you know, but like, yeah. 
he he's competing to be captain on the fucking Milano with 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 Star Lord. Like that's how far he's fallen. He's given up the kingship to to Tessa Thompson. Um. Uh. So anyway. So so you know you have to have these bromances. It's like how Whedon has penis jokes throughout the Avengers movies, and they keep the penis jokes going in all the Avengers movies with the Russos now. You know, Tony's constantly making penis jokes because he secretly is kind of gay for all these other guys. You know, like the the, the bromance uh, uh, fashion. And what I was going to say was, it's clear off screen that Stan and Mackie have a bromance that they openly embrace and that translates on screen, I thought. So let's jump straight into the two main guys. All right, Bizzlers. Well, thank you for joining us for the opening salvo of the amazing and ultimately, as we talked about, shockingly much more deep and political, way more political Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, certainly than we expected. And I can't wait to see the social reverberations as time goes on and this sinks in with people. Uh, we had a blast and uh, look for the full extended version of this podcast coming up in a couple days with uh, also including what's coming up um, with leading to Bizzlecast 2.0, but especially a longer discussion of all the great characters, Daniel Brule um, uh, and uh, Emily Van Camp and a lot of the side characters, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, um, mostly great stuff from the show. Um, and uh, we're actually going to continue the discussion of this um, on a uh, podcast that will also be talking about the Black Widow movie coming up and the legacy and uh, of Scarlett Johansson, how important she was, and ushering in the next phase of the female Avengers and so on and so forth. So much more Marvel talk to come, and definitely the beginning of the very deep dive look historically, uh, literarily, um, and so on about Batman with this same guy jason jimbo ritter thank you jason jimbo ritter thank you bizzlecast listeners much more content to come soon but for now the bizzlecast is out